Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Welcome to episode 37 of Calm Words for Anxious Hearts. Today is part three in a four-part series entitled Money, Grace, and Extravagant Generosity. And our focus today is beauty. Generosity and beauty, they always go together. A generous life is always a beautiful life. And so to explore the theme in a bit more depth, I've selected a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. While Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, Why was the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, whenever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Here ends the reading. A couple years ago, I was at a conference with some fellow clergy, and I heard Becca Stevens speak, who's become quite famous for her work in founding Thistle Farms, a ministry whose sole purpose is to heal, empower, and employ female survivors of human trafficking. But one of the things she told us in her presentation was that each house they built had space for six women and cost about half a million dollars. Well, upon hearing this, a colleague of mine who in a past life had been an accountant raised his hand and essentially said that this was an irresponsible model, that he had crunched the numbers and that it wasn't efficient to spend half a million dollars on six women because for half the cost, she could lose all the frills, build a much larger compound and that this would give shelter to a lot more women. If the goal is to house as many women as possible, he said, I think you need a new model. And Becca's response to my friend was stunning because she agreed. She said, I totally get that some people see what we're doing and think that it's wasteful. And you're absolutely right, she said. If our goal is to house as many women as possible, then absolutely, we need a new model. But that's when she spoke the words I'll never forget. But that's not our goal. Our goal is beauty. Our goal is extravagance. Our goal is to be over the top. Our goal is to shower people with dignity, grace, and abundance. And for the women we serve to know who God is and who they are by how we treat them. 
And that, she said, is why I love to wake up every single day and raise all the money I do for these women because the gospel I believe in says they're beautiful. And so our goal at Thistle Farms is beauty for the women we serve to know God's beauty and for the women we serve to know their own. Well, I heard this and my heart nearly stopped. I was floored because what she said was so true and beautiful and it's really the heartbeat of how I see fundraising here at St. Michael's. And so let's take a look at this passage we started with, where there's this other woman who does a beautiful thing, but is then criticized for being irresponsible. And what is it that she does? Well, according to our story, she takes a flask, a very expensive ointment worth 300 denarii, and she breaks the whole thing open and pours it on Jesus' head. Now, to put the extravagance of this gift in perspective, the value of this oil was 300 times a laborer's daily wage. In today's currency, at $10 an hour, 8 hours a day, and 300 days a year, very modest numbers, this perfume was worth about $25,000, and every last drop was given to Jesus as a gift. And the people watching, they said the exact same thing the former accountant did, that what she did was a waste, that it could have been sold, and that her choice was not efficient. But of course, our Lord sees something else. And he uses this great word to describe this woman, both what she does and who she is. And that word is beauty. Leave her alone, Jesus says. She has done a beautiful thing. And I think that's something that you and I need to hear. That so often the most beautiful gifts we make are the least efficient and the most extravagant. That often the most beautiful things don't make sense when viewed through a conventional lens. Because here's the thing. There is something about what this woman does that will resemble the beautiful thing that Jesus will soon do on the cross, right? Just like that flask of oil, Jesus' body will break open as mercy, forgiveness, and grace flow out in abundance to anoint the whole world. And to be clear, there will be nothing efficient about how that mercy and grace and generosity is divided up. Mercy and grace won't be given only to the good, or to the deserving, or to the religious. It won't go to those God knows will repent and clean up their act upon receiving the Holy Spirit. No, but like the flask of oil, God's grace will be poured out on the unrepentant and the hard-hearted and the unbelieving. The gift of God's Son will be extravagant and over the top. And this gift Jesus will give so that we might know God's beauty and so that in time, we might even come to know our own. And so here's the question I'd have us pray through this week. What would it mean for us to give like that? To give a gift or to make a commitment to this church that makes Jesus say, oh, you have done a beautiful thing. Because here's the thing, as Christians, we do believe that beauty is intrinsically valuable. And I say that because the world we live in is always making beauty instrumental to something else, right? Beautiful cities attract more tourists, beautiful people get more opportunities, beautiful land sells for more money. 
It is a very subtle thing, but notice the way we tend to instrumentalize beauty, the way we use it to get power or popularity or wealth. But from Jesus' perspective, that is not how beauty works. You see, in the kingdom of God, beauty has inherent worth simply because God is beautiful and because we who bear God's image have something of that beauty imprinted in the depths of our soul. And that's why I hear in this story an invitation to participate in the beauty of God by being a little bit less calculated, less logical, and less strategic, and a lot more over the top with how generous I am, not just with my money, but also with my time, my concern, my judgments, and my life. I once heard an old story about a monk who found this very rare and valuable gemstone And so he put the stone in his bag, and one day the man met a beggar, so he opened up his bag, and he gave the gemstone to this beggar. Overjoyed by his good fortune and the valuable stone, the beggar went on his way, but a few days later he caught up with the monk, and he begged him, please, please, give me something more valuable than this stone. And the monk asked, and what exactly is it that you want? The beggar said, I want... Whatever it is inside of you that prompted you to give me that stone in the first place. So I would say that there is nothing more valuable, nothing more beautiful in life than learning to give what we have away. And to do that, to bear witness to a God who has given his life for us. And so again, the question I want us to pray through this week is, what would it mean for us to give like that? And so let me end by saying this. Not too long ago, my sister was over at my house for dinner, and she was asking me about how things were going at the church amidst this pandemic. And I told her it was stewardship season and that I was doing this four-week series on money. And she asked how it was being received, and I said, it's great. You know, people love when I talk about money and how they can have less of it. It's a real crowd pleaser. Everyone's enjoying the series. But then she asked, okay, well, what is your stewardship goal? And essentially, what she was asking was this, is there an amount that you are trying to raise? She's on the vestry at a different Episcopal church in town, and she's on the finance commission, and so she wanted to know our fundraising goal. And so I told her, well, you know, that's not how we do things over here at St. Michael's. The focus isn't on what the church needs, but rather on our need as Christians to become more generous. And so whenever my sister asked the question, what's your goal? I said, we have no goal. But having prayed through this passage I just read, I want to change my answer because the truth is we do have a goal. Our goal is beauty. Our goal is extravagance. Our goal is to be over the top. Our goal is to know who God is and to know who we are by the quality of our gift. Because at the end of the day, we believe that in creating us and sustaining us and dying for us and shepherding us through life and in granting us eternal life, that God has done a beautiful thing. And at the end of the day, our goal is to know that beauty and to know our own beauty by the quality of our gift. Let us pray. 
Holy Father, there is nothing we have that you have not given to us. All that we have and all that we are belong to you, bought with the blood of Jesus. So help us to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. Help us to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you may trust us with the true riches. Above all, help us to be generous because you, Father, are generous. May we be beautiful and show forth your beauty in the world. Amen.